Hello, 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 hello. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are here once again for some NFL picks live on YouTube. And this is Lucky Week 17, just two weeks left in the NFL regular season. Very exciting times. We're going to go ahead and grab this video link here. We're going to toss it up on Twitter and let the good folks know that we are underway. Boom, boom, and we're going to do that, and we're going to go NFL Week 17, stream is live. Bang. There we go. Now the Twitter folks know that we are here, and I have our recording all ready to roll, and we're going to open this as well. Good, great, and wonderful. Let's see. Ooh. Chad's got some good news for us in the chat. Raining in Regina. Well, that's not great news. We got it all, baby. Go Eagles, go. Went 12 of 16 last week. That is fantastic. Well done, Chad. All right. We are going to get the show started here in... Oop. My, my, my drinks are in the wrong... I'm not comfortable when my drinks aren't in the right... Uh, the right position, the prima donna YouTuber that I am. There we go. Going to get started in five, four, three. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 17 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL regular season and postseason. Just two weeks left until the end of the 2022 regular season, and then we get into playoffs baby super wild card weekend is just around the corner let's talk about how we did in week 16 and honestly week 16 it's not going to be what you'd call an unqualified success but i'm certainly going to call week 16 a success around these parts especially straight up went 11 and 5 picking the games straight up last week Always good, as I mentioned, when you get into double digits. Now 140, 98, and 2 on the season, and well on pace to beat my straight-up record of last season. I believe I had 154 correct last season. I can go just under 500 in these remaining two weeks and still at least match that, if not surpass it. So I'm feeling real good that we're going to do much better than that this year overall. Against the spread, 9-7, and seven, and as I mentioned in the uh, description of this live stream right now, hey, that's 
basically three weeks in a row, I believe, where against the spread, or at least three of the last four weeks, where against the spread, we've had some positive results. We were nine and seven this week, nine, six, and one last week. Did take a little dive of six and seven the week before that, but the week before that, we were nine and six. So I feel like I'm moving in the right direction here against the spread. Three games above 500 at 118, 115, and seven. I was slightly underwater on the totals last week at seven and nine. So that does have me eight full games under 500 on the totals this year at 116 and 124. Now, the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, I usually like to do a little bit better than this. I was 7 and 5, so it is above 500. Usually, I like to do a bit better than that, but we will take what we can get. Bronze pick, silver pick, and gold pick were all 2 and 1 last week. That moves their respective records to 26, 20, and 2, 31, and 17, and 25, 22, and 1 on the season. So the bronze pick, I had the Niners over the Commanders, and the Bengals did cover against the spread, but the Saints and Browns failed to go over their point total. Silver pick, I had Baltimore over the Falcons, and the Niners covered against the spread, but Denver and the Rams failed to stay under their point total. And in the gold pick, I had the Bucks over the Cardinals. Atlanta failed to cover against the spread, but the Raiders and Steelers did stay under their point total. That, of course, only leaves the platinum pick, where sadly, I was only one and two last week. That puts the record in the platinum pick to 26, 21, and one on the season. Now, in the platinum pick, Buffalo did beat the Chicago Bears, but Seattle failed to cover plus 10 against the spread, and the Bills and Bears failed to stay under their point total. So, mixed bag, 7-5, and will certainly take it, certainly could have done a lot worse. In the Bridgewater's Finest straight up pick'em pool, I moved up a spot into 12th place out of 36 with 1,245 out of 1,930 possible confidence points, which means this week we'll cross the 2,000 point plateau in available points on what was been available on the season. I have 64.5% with, uh, with the confidence points. I'd like to be higher than that, but I'm not going to poo-poo it because 64.5 is a solid performance. And I brought in 106 of 136 possible confidence points last week, a clip of just under 78%. Shout out to our week 16 winner, Arizona One. At least Arizona has to win something this year. Arizona One goes 12 and 4 straight up last week, 117 out of 136. That is good for exactly 86% of available confidence points on the week. Anthony Simone remains our overall leader, I believe, by like a single point over team power 156 82 and two straight up on the season with 1320 possible confidence points a clip of just under 68 and a half percent So because this is the week of most fantasy football championships if your fantasy league does not complete its season in the second to last week of the year you really got to sit down and have a conversation with your commish or you got to leave that league entirely because my god 
who's still playing fantasy football in the final week of the season. Daily fantasy sports, that's fine. But like a year-long fantasy football league? No chance. Now, we're in Fantasy Corner here, which is presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I do not, unfortunately, have good news. I am now donezo in all of my fantasy football leagues this year. Uh, I was in the se the uh, second round, the semifinals in one league. It's not a long-term keeper or dynasty. It's just a redraft league. Well, actually, technically, I guess it's a keeper because you keep, I think you keep two. But um, unfortunately, I lost the semifinal matchup in that one. So I am out of all my fantasy leagues. However, that does not mean that it is too early to start thinking about next year because especially if you are a dynasty keeper or long-term fantasy football manager, you know the game never ends. And what you need to do is hop on the dynasty trade calculator. My affiliate link is down below. And for as little as $3, you can gain access to one of the absolute best assets available to you in terms of dynasty keeper and long-term fantasy football, trade evaluations, player rankings, podcasts, a ton of great experts on that site, all the insight that you are going to need to dominate your dynasty leagues in 2023 and beyond, go ahead and click on my affiliate link and get in on the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And I'll take this opportunity now, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, of the VOD, of the podcast episode, however you interact with this show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 17 in the NFL in 2022. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, which, reminder, does go through the playoffs. So if you're in that pool, stick around because it's it's definitely not over yet. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Sorry about that. So, since, uh, so weird, sorry, I have something over here making a weird noise. I don't think it's being picked up, so I think we're okay. So, since we had a successful week last week, why change it up? We're using the same mug, and you know what? We're running back the same blend. Nerdtees.ca is where you need to go to find this bad boy. Blueberry tea, a delicious, delicious loose-leaf tea blend. It's not too bad on the caffeine. It shouldn't keep me up all night. It's delicious, and you can find that and dozens and dozens of other great tea or coffee options as well as your hot drink accessories you can find all of that on nerdtees.ca what you're going to want to do is use my promo code which is bwfinest that is going to save you 15 percent at checkout you're going to get free shipping in canada on every order over 100 bucks which is excellent value with the shipping rates these days and if you're one of my viewers and listeners in the united states you're going to get a great conversion rate on the u.s dollar as you typically do it might be Blueberry, which is right here. It might be one of the dozens of other great options, but whatever it is, find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca with the promo code BWFINEST.
<laughs> we got some we got some we got some good stuff in the chat keebs is joining us yet again these chats are fun i'm in awesome keebs glad to have you here glad my steelers play claim came through absolutely absolutely i was happy to be following you along on that one chad chimes in says oh my god i smell cheese at the door do we let green bay in oh my goodness I, look i'm telling you don't let green bay sneak into the playoffs now, I mean, the Giants have like 412 different ways that they can make the playoffs by what happens this week. So, I mean, that's probably one of the playoff spots wrapped up. But, oh, buddy, if you let the Packers sneak into the playoffs, it's going to be all kinds of trouble. I understand that they're going to have to go to San Francisco probably as the number two seed in the NFC. Just get in. Just get in and let's see what happens. I think they're going to do it. I really do. I feel it in my heart but we're going to talk about that as we delve in here to the week 17 picks and uh just as we did last week i want to take a minute or two and talk about the playoff scenarios that are in play this week like what teams can clinch what teams are playing for etc etc so there's more than there were last week but we're going to try to fire through these before we get to the picks so on the AFC side of things, Buffalo can lock up the number one seed in the AFC with a win as well as a loss by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals can wrap up the AFC North if they win and Baltimore loses or ties, or if Cincinnati ties their game and Baltimore loses outright. If either of those two things happen, boom, the Bengals win the AFC North. And for the Miami Dolphins, who look like they might be playing without their starting quarterback this week, they make the playoffs if they win and the Jets lose or tie, or Miami ties, the Jets lose, and the Steelers either lose or tie. So there are a couple of different scenarios there where the Dolphins could potentially clinch an AFC playoff spot. Now, over in the NFC, I wasn't joking about the Giants. The Giants literally have seven different scenarios that could play out this week that result in them clinching a playoff spot. It's crazy. Literally seven different scenarios. If any of those seven scenarios hit, then the Giants are going to the postseason. I won't go through every single one of them, but literally they've got a Baker's half dozen worth of things that could happen this week. For the Eagles, they will clinch the NFC East if they win or tie, or if Dallas loses or ties. So they got a couple of different ways that they can clinch their division. The Bucks, if they win, very simple for them. They win their game, they win the division, they're going to the playoffs. And for the Washington Commanders, they can clinch a playoff spot this week conceivably, but it's about a four-leg parlay that has to hit, which includes they win, three other teams lose, or something like that. It's about, again, it's about a four-pick parlay that all has to hit, but it could conceivably hit, and the Commanders could clinch a playoff spot. So plenty is at stake here in Week 17. Let's talk about these games. We're going to kick things off in Tennessee where the Titans who are reeling on a five game losing streak, including, including we go back to last week, a home loss, Barry Horowitzing myself. 
I called the Houston Texans going to Tennessee and beating the Titans last week. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? They go in and they do exactly that. Houston picks up a massive win and the Titans are in free fall. So they are losers of five straight games and now they got to play host to a Dallas Cowboys team who does still have stuff to play for. Dallas could still conceivably win the division. Dallas is still in that hunt there at 10 wins in terms of, you know, getting the number one overall seed in the NFC. These are things that are still mathematically possible for this Cowboys team. They still have plenty to play for, even though they have clinched a playoff spot. But boy, the Titans at, at seven wins, like go back six weeks Go back seven weeks, eight weeks. This shouldn't even be a conversation about who's going to win this division. But now it is because now it looks like it's going to be Jacksonville. Jacksonville definitely has the inside track here to winning this division and going to the playoffs. And that's, it's crazy to think about that. If you go back six weeks, how, I wonder how much juice you would have had to lay on the Titans winning the AFC South like six weeks ago. If somebody wants to go, like Keeps, I know you're big on stuff like this. If somebody wants to go dig in to the historical futures numbers, if you have access to stuff like that, I want to I wanna know, uh, eight weeks ago, how much juice would you have had to lay on the Titans winning that division? I'm just curious. If somebody wants to dig into that, it doesn't have to be Keebs, but if somebody can dig into that, if you got access to those numbers, I would be tremendously interested in that information. So obviously I'm on the Cowboys here because the Titans are in absolute free fall. Half of their roster is seems to be on the their injured list. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback. I don't know who's catching the ball. Basically, I know that Derrick Henry is a thing. And that's about the only thing that you know about the Titans right now. And I think even Keith Bailey, my my noted uh, Titans insider, Keith Bailey, is kind of at his wits end with this team. And like he's talking about like, geez, talking to other teams and like, oh, put this team out of their misery and, and, and what have you. So he may have thrown his hands up about the whole thing. Got to be on the Cowboys here, even though the game's in Tennessee. Let's take Dallas to beat the Titans, and let's just go ahead and make that my gold pick this week. Dallas over Tennessee. But against the spread, Tennessee is taking 10.5 points at home against Dallas. Dallas doesn't need to blow Tennessee out. They just want to beat them. And this is still a Titans team that, for the first half of this year was pretty good and just as such a heavy underdog here i've got to take those points like double digits it, i know kansas city actually covered a double digit spread last week but other than that it, it does not happen a ton this season so i'm actually going to hold my nose here a little bit and i'm going to take those 10 and a half points with the tennessee titans i'm actually going to make that my silver pick against the spread this week yeah it smells a little funky but man, 10 and a half points, double digit spreads. There's just something about them. So I'm going to take that plus 10 and a half on Tennessee. And that's my silver pick against the spread this week. Total in this game is set at 40 and a half points. I'm just not, for whatever reason, I'm not expecting a blowout. So I'm not expecting a high scoring game either. 
I don't know if weather will have any impact on this game or not, but uh, I just don't see a high-scoring game here. With a total of 40.5, clearly Vegas doesn't either. I'm going to take the under on this because I think this is a really realistic score for this game. I'm going to go 23-14 to 14 in favor of the Cowboys. So Dallas wins, Tennessee covers the plus 10.5, and, and give me the under on the points. Uh, Keebs says pack sneak in, not a boy Keebs. Uh, so I guess I'm taking the pack this week. Right on, right on. Good call on the Texans, Justin Martin. Thank you so much. Keebs also says Jags winning that division. Now Peterson coach of the year. Who knew that all it took was not urban Meyer, uh, for that team to find some success. And of course, like, look, they made moves. Trevor Lawrence has come into his own. Things have fallen well into place. Travis Etienne is one of the emerging superstars in this league at running back. So things have certainly fallen in the Jags' favor. But it's certainly starting to look like the Jags are going to be the kings of the AFC South. Let's go to a game that has absolutely no meaning except on draft night, and that is the Arizona Cardinals in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. Falcons losers of four straight games, Arizona losers of five. Now, Atlanta does have the benefit of something of a long week, having played on Saturday last week, so they do have that extra day of rest. Again, both of these teams eliminated from playoff contention. They, uh, the Cardinals did make some news earlier today, I believe it was, with J.J. Watt announcing that he's played his final home game and this will be his, the end of his career, is the end of this season. J.J. Uh, Watt, one of only three players in NFL history, I believe, to win Defensive Player of the Year three times. Um, like the, the guy was riddled with injuries, but an absolute stud. At his best almost nobody could play the game like J.J. Watt could. So that is a career well done, and I will salute to that for uh, for J.J. Watt. So this will be the, his last couple games as a pro. This was one of the tougher games for me because uh, like neither one of these teams are particularly good. So what I did in this game, and it's what I did in a couple of the games this week, I leaned on the rest advantage. Atlanta's got the rest advantage. They're at home. I'm going to give it to the Falcons. Let's take Atlanta at home to get the win over Arizona. On the line, however, you got to buy the extra hook. Atlanta's favored by three and a half points. I don't think they deserve to be favored by three and a half points over basically anyone in this league. So I'm going to take the points with Arizona. I insulate myself against the upset. I just think it's the right play to make against the spread. So I'm going to take the plus 3.5 on the Arizona Cardinals. Total in this game is set at 40 and a half. You don't have to have a super high scoring game in order for this to make it just barely over, which is what I think happens in this one. I'm going to take over 40 and a half points in Arizona, Atlanta. There are offensive playmakers on both sides here. Tyler Allgaier is really starting to come into his own at running back for Atlanta. He was a sneaky good dynasty pickup, I think, for me towards the end of the season. Let's go 23-21 in favor of the Falcons. Atlanta wins, Arizona covers against the spread. Give me the over on the points.
Let's go to Detroit now for a division matchup of the vaunted NFC North. That's the Detroit Lions playing host to the Chicago Bears. Now, Chicago, of course, eliminated from playoff contention. They were eliminated a few weeks ago. Losers of eight consecutive games now officially the coldest team in the entirety of the nfl after houston's victory last week which again your boy called so chicago losers of eight straight eliminated from playoff contention they got a really good quarterback what else do they have i'll tell you what the detroit lions have they have seven wins on the season they have life in the nfc playoff picture they're not eliminated yet I think a long string of things would have to happen for them in order to get in. However, they are still alive. They're playing for their playoff lives, what little hope they may have. And this is a team that offensively has proved almost all the doubters wrong this year. The defense has still had those moments of like, oh boy, you really need to address that in the offseason. They certainly will. But I have no questions about this offense, certainly when they're playing the game at home. I really like the Detroit Lions this week. Let's grab Detroit at home to pick up a big divisional win over the Chicago Bears. So much so that Detroit over Chicago is actually going to be my silver pick straight up this week. Yes, it's a division game, but it's my silver pick straight up Detroit over Chicago. On the line, the Lions are laying... A lot of, a lot of, too many L's, pal. The Lions are laying minus five and a half points here as the home favorite. I'm going to go ahead and lay those points. This Bears defense has like completely caved in on itself. Uh, I really thought the plus eight and a half on Chicago was a strong play last week. Boy, was I proven wrong. Uh, they're only taking five and a half here. It's a much smaller margin. This Detroit offense is exceptional in their home building. So I think they cover those points. Let's lay the minus five and a half on Detroit. Total in the game set at 52 and a half points, and this was the total layup for me this week. Over, layup, slam dunk over. I think they've gone over almost every home game this year, maybe with the exception of one or maybe two, but this offense definitely scores points. So let's grab the over here, over 52 and a half, and I like that so much that it's in my platinum pick on the totals this week. Detroit and Chicago over 52 and a half points my platinum pick on the totals let's go 34 24 in favor of the lions detroit wins detroit covers give me the over on the points Keebs is in the chat and seems to agree with me. Lions coming off that bad road loss. I like a bounce back. Good stuff, Keebs. I like it. I'll roll with you on that one. Speaking of division matchups, let's go to Kansas City and have another one. The Denver Broncos are in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. And obviously, you could not have two more polar opposite experiences in the 2022 NFL season. You've got the Denver Broncos who are 4 and 11 firmly outside the playoff picture. They don't have a first round pick. Nothing is going right for Denver this year and they came into the season with oh so much promise. A new head coach and they get to do that twice cuz now they have another new head coach because they fired Nathaniel Hackett literally just yesterday, I think it was, because I was sitting waiting for a movie to start, and I just see across the ticker, 
Nathaniel Hackett fired. And I'm like, okay, I got to make a YouTube short about this, which I did. They didn't monetize it because I used, a, I apparently used a song that you can't use. That's okay. We fixed that. But yeah, Nathaniel Hackett is out. Look, they had a lot of injury situations this season. Everybody has adversity. Everybody has injuries that happen. It's part of the job. So I'm not going to say that like I fully disagree with them firing him, but I also don't fully agree with them firing him. I don't really know where I sit on it. Like 15 games is probably not enough time to really evaluate what you have in a coach. What I will say is I think the way that Nathaniel Hackett coaches football games limited Russell, limited Russell Wilson. And if you're going to trade for Russell Wilson and give up a ton of assets for Russell Wilson, you can't coach in a way that limits him. He's clearly the face of your franchise, for better or for worse. So you have to maximize Russell Wilson in every single conceivable way. Nathaniel Hackett's scheme did not do that. So it's probably good that they got rid of him when they did, but again... A guy lost his job. I can't exactly celebrate in the streets about that. We'll have to see. I don't, I really don't know one way or the other, whether this winds up being a positive or not. Uh, the Kansas city chiefs have already clinched the division. They're well clinched in a playoff spot. They're well in the competition for the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, they're also winners of three straight games and coming into this game on the long week, Kansas city wins. <laughs> like there's, 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 there's no reason for them to not win this game. And it's a game that if they lost, I would be very concerned for their playoff aspirations. If you take an opponent like this lightly and you lose a game like this, you give away all that momentum that you've had over the last three games, a month, whatever you give all that momentum away. I don't like your odds going into the postseason. So Kansas City has to come up with a pretty strong win here. I like the Chiefs over Denver as my platinum pick straight up this week. Chad just pointed out in the chat, uh, Casey has a 14-game win streak against them, which is fantastic. So we're just going to go ahead and put that user in a timeout, which is great. Sorry about that, folks. Once again, the perils of live streaming. I guess if I do this again this year, I really need to invest in moderators. So that's definitely something I'm going to have to look into. In any case, really like the Kansas City Chiefs here. I am going against the whole coaching change thing. Because that's a thing. When a coach gets fired, it's a thing that their team wins the next game. It's, it's happened, I think, at least once this year, if not twice. So it's a thing that happens. So I am going against that. However, I am going to give them slight credit that I am going to take them against the spread because the spread is Kansas City laying minus 13 and a half. Which again, yes, they covered minus 10 last week against Seattle. I get that. But I've said it and I meant it and the numbers bear it out. The Chiefs are not a team that frequently and consistently performs well against the spread and covers these big numbers. They just don't. So 13 and a half points in a division game. No, thank you. The Denver Broncos plus 13 and a half 
that's what I like. So we're going to go ahead and grab the plus 13 and a half. And in fact, this would be in my top four if I didn't like the total play for this game even better. And again, I said from the beginning of the year, I was not going to take one game where I had all three of them in the top four picks. So in lieu of taking plus 13 and a half in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, what I am going to take is under 44 and a half points in that game as my uh, as a one of my top four picks on the totals i'm actually going to make that my gold pick on the totals this week kansas city and denver under 44 and a half points i think that broncos defense comes to play i don't think kansas city blows them out i think denver might even just score a few extra points which keep the game a little bit closer but still i don't like this thing to be a blowout i don't like it to be high scoring so under 44 and a half points my gold pick on the totals this week and we are going to go uh let's go 24 14 that's still a 10 point win it just doesn't cover uh, minus 13 and a half against the spread and it stays under on the point total that's the way we're going 24 14 kansas city Chiefs win, Broncos cover, give me the under on the points. Chad just threw out a great stat there. Uh, the Chiefs are on a 14-game winning streak against the Broncos, which is nuts for division rivals. That's crazy. It's not even a rivalry. That's just like, here's this team that we always beat. We got, we get to play them twice every year. It's like, there's, there's two of our wins. Where else, where are we going to get the rest of them? It's the seven full seasons worth of head to head games. Isn't that. So they haven't beaten them since the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Since like the year beginning, the year after they won the Super Bowl, the Broncos have not beaten the chiefs. That's crazy. Another division matchup, the Miami Dolphins are in New England to take on the Patriots. And this is where we first talk about an injury situation because it's one of the predominant storylines in the NFL right now, which is Tua Tagovailoa going back into concussion protocol for at least the second time this season, if not the third. And here's the story that came from the Miami coaching staff, which if you're looking at like chopping block situations... Look at this Miami coaching staff because look at how bad they have handled their golden goose. Look at how bad they've handled their franchise quarterback and one of his most important assets, which is what's inside of his head. So Tua takes a hit again. Uh, it didn't even look like a massive one, but he took a hit where he wound up on his back and his head hit the turf again. And the whole second half, he was a different quarterback. And now what they're saying is, oh, he suffered a head injury. He's going back into concussion protocol. You let him play the second half of the game. After which, he threw three interceptions and cost them the game. It is wild. What? Look, let's, let's do the thing you're not supposed to do. Let's look at the player like an asset. All right, let's look at the player like a laptop computer. All right, it, let's say you just got this new laptop. Look, I, I'm a perfect example of this. I got a new laptop earlier this year. All right, it's in front of me. I'm literally streaming on it right now. It works great. 
Is it the best laptop out there? No, but I'd say it's probably solid top 10 that was available to me at the time. Pretty darn good laptop. It would be like I frisbee it out my window every couple of days. And then I wonder why occasionally it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. If you think he has a sniffle, pull him out of the game. He's the future of your franchise. He's the present and the future. It makes no sense. It's wildly unethical. And it's just stupid asset management. I'm glad Tua's in protocol. I hope he doesn't play the rest of the season. I hope they sit him. And if Miami gets into the playoffs, cool. Maybe he can play then. I do not want to see Tua on a football field before Super Wildcard Weekend. Period. At, at, at the absolute earliest. End of rant. So, the Miami Dolphins are an eight-win team. The New England Patriots are a seven-win team. Both of these teams are still vying for uh, a playoff spot in the AFC, one of those wildcard spots in the AFC. But neither one of them appears like they want to win it. Miami has lost four games in a row. Patriots have lost back-to-back. Somebody's got to win it. Somebody's, one of these teams, it feels like, has to get there because it doesn't seem like the Jets want to either. But, this is a tough one. I was leaning Miami in this before the Tua news came out. Now, Miami has a competent backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, but he's been hurt this year too. So if it's not him, I think they have like a fifth or sixth round rookie behind him as the third stringer. So not knowing who's going to play quarterback for Miami this weekend, uh, I have to take the Patriots. The Patriots went from one-point dogs at home in this matchup to now two-and-a-half-point favorites. So clearly people know that Tua is not playing this week, and, and whether it's been officially announced or not. So we're going to go ahead and take the Patriots here. Let's take New England to get their eighth win of the season. They also have a rest advantage uh, in this game. They're on the long week having played on Saturday. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Patriots to beat Miami. On the line, New England is favored by two and a half points. I'm going to lay the two and a half because it's a relatively small price to pay. They get to play a backup quarterback. Bill Belichick's going to be able to beat a backup quarterback no matter how much of a veteran presence they are. So let's go ahead and lay the two and a half. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. I think this is a pretty darn good number, but it just feels like one of those things that the last scoring play of the game sends the point total over. So we're going to go over 42 and a half points in New England, Miami, Teddy Bridgewater, more than capable of scoring points in this league. So let's go 26 to 21 in favor of the Patriots. New England wins, New England covers, and give me the over on the points. And keep two on the damn bench. Uh, Chad brings up a great point. Who's going to be resting good players if a game doesn't matter? Watch that too. You could definitely start to see some of that this week. Uh, if it's a team that is in contention to get one of those two first round buys, it's probably too early for that. 
not only because you're still competing for that, but now you're talking about players potentially not playing for like three weeks. You got to worry about re- uh, rust, not rest, but rust um, coming into play there. But there are certainly some instances where there's a team like the Chargers who I don't think are going to be, a, they, they can't really improve their playoff stock. So you could see them start resting players. I'd be surprised maybe if Herbert plays next week, what have you. These things definitely come into play. Next up, the Indianapolis Colts are in New York to take on the Giants. I I hit New York with a little bit of a New York accent on that. I like that. Uh, Colts are losers of five straight games firmly outside of the playoff picture in the AFC. They're also coming into this game on the short week, having just played last night in a bad loss. What was it? 20 to three, like just uh, bad loss to the chargers. Speaking of the chargers. Meanwhile, you got the giants who are an eight win team have uh, the long week, the benefit of the long week here. So you have a very strong rest advantage in this game in favor of the New York Giants. Uh, Again, they're an eight-win football team. They basically control their own destiny as far as whether or not uh, they win one of those NFC playoff spots. Them winning this week is certainly one of those seven potential outcomes that will result in them clinching a playoff spot. So I'm torn in this game. Because if they do that, that's one fewer playoff spot for the Green Bay Packers. How much of a homer do I want to be? Uh, to show, <coughs> excuse me, to show any faith right now in the Indianapolis Colts seems very, very foolhardy. So like I did last week, I'm going to go ahead and, and make an edit right here live on the show. Because I, I got I got indulgent and I took the Colts as an upset play here, but especially with the big rest advantage, I, I just don't think it's reasonable to do it. There's there's reasonable upset picks and then there's insanity. That feels like insanity to me. So we're gonna go ahead and grab the New York Giants to get the win in New York, punch their ticket to the postseason. Giants beat the Indianapolis Colts. Against the spread, the Giants are laying five and a half points here as a home favorite. It seems like it's still one way or the other. It seems like a big number of points to lay, doesn't it? Like on a Giants team that isn't one of the stronger teams in football. Like it feels like the Giants are going to get in at least in part due to weakness of teams around them. So for them to lay five and a half points against almost anybody in the NFL Seems tough for me. So I think um, I think we're going to have to go ahead and hedge on that one. It does insulate us against, you know, a, a pretty darn big upset. Uh, Chad now does point out Indy's got a four-game win streak against the Giants, but I feel like those Indy teams were better than the one that we've seen uh, on the field this year. So I am going to take the Giants to win, but I am going to hedge my bets, and I am going to take the plus five and a half on the Indianapolis Colts because I just just feels like a lot of points to lay on the Giants. The Giants are a good ATS team this year, but the majority of that is as betting underdogs. So 
We'll take the five and a half on the Colts. Total in the game set at 39 and a half points. I feel really good about the under on this play. So much so that Colts Giants under is my silver pick against the spread this week. Colts Giants under 39 and a half. My silver pick on the totals, not against the spread on the totals. And we're going to go with one of my favorite scores, 17 to 16 in favor of the New York Giants. Giants win. Colts cover plus five and a half against the spread. I'll take the under on the points and the New York Giants punch their ticket to the postseason. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all the Colts got a big chunk of coal for Christmas uh, when they played against the Chargers last night. Yeah, boy, what an awful performance. Just top to bottom. Martin, Justin, I felt sorry for you because you were one of the few to take the Colts versus the Chargers last night. You would have taken Indy three straight weeks if you would have kept them. Ooh, those are the kind of stats, Martin, that I'm just like, I'm so glad you bring them up. But then it's like when you sit back and look at the big picture, it's like, oh boy, three weeks in a row. Really, man? Come on. Uh, Keebs chips in that the a Giants-Lions... Moneyline parlay is plus a hundred. I like some plus money there. That seems, that seems good. I'll take that. All right. The new Orleans saints travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles this week. The Eagles have of course punched their ticket to the postseason, the best record in the NFL, the new Orleans saints, a six win football team still mathematically alive in the playoff race by virtue of the weak division that they play in, they are winners of two straight. However, they are coming into the game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, which actually I meant to mention Denver is doing that as well. Denver's on the tail end of back-to-back -back roadies. New Orleans is on the tail end of back-to-back -back roadies. And last week, those teams who are on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, got eviscerated. They covered the spread a couple of times, but I think they might have been like 1-4 straight up or 1-5 straight up. Like, they were not good at all last week. Uh, how many were there? Let's take a quick look. We had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So I'm pretty sure they were 1-4 straight up last week. So not exactly uh, great results for them. For the Eagles, Andrew points it out in the chat. Jalen Hurts' status still in question. I think based on their loss last week, I think it's more likely now that you will see Jalen Hurts at some point before the end of the season. I genuinely would not be shocked if it was this week, even if it's only like on a snap count where we might see Hurts in for a couple of series and then Minshew comes in and then Hurts comes in for a couple of series. What we did see last week is even in a losing effort, Gardner Minshew can run this offense, man. Gardner Minshew can put up points. He had a good football game. He did throw two interceptions, but he had a good game. What was it? Two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown as well. So he can run this offense. <coughs> so, excuse me. So whether it's Hurts or it's Gardner Minshew, I don't feel bad for the offensive floor of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this team can score points one way or the other. They're against a team in New Orleans that struggles to score points. I think we got to go ahead and grab the Eagles in this one fairly comfortably, despite the fact that they have um, one back-to-back -back games has New Orleans. But 
we're going to go ahead and grab the Eagles here to get the win. Uh, on the line, Philadelphia is laying seven points here as a home favorite. I think Vegas is kind of tipping the hat about who might play quarterback this week, but I'm going to lay the points here on the Eagles. I think the Eagles should be able to win this game easily by double digits and I like comfortably by double digits. So we're going to go ahead and lay the seven points, like laying minus seven on one of the best teams in football shouldn't be any problem for you at all. And in fact, I like that so much. Eagles minus seven is my platinum pick against the spread this week. Philadelphia laying minus seven at home against the Saints, my platinum pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. This is a pretty darn good total. I think it's going to be close. Give me the over in this one because I, again, I'm not worried about the offensive um, floor of the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. So we're going to go ahead and grab the over here on a very beatable number. Over 43 and a half points in Philly, New Orleans. Let's go 31-14 Eagles. No matter who the quarterback is, I think they get into the 30s. Saints are going to do what they do. It's not going to be much. Philly with a very comfortable win, covering minus seven, and give me the over. Uh, Andrew says, uh, I'd rub it in with my boss if the Eagles lose this week. He did not show up to work after the Dallas loss. Wow. That's like, you got to be dyed in the wool, man. Like, you got to be, you got to be in there. I've gone to work a lot of times with a couple of football fans who work with me with a lot of uh, Packers losses early in uh, early in the year but you got to be you got to be real in there to not show up to work. But then again, it's the Cowboys, it's basically their hate week, so I guess I get it. Wow, we're almost at 50 minutes. Let's uh, let's we can speed this up a little bit. The Carolina Panthers in Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Like I mentioned, the Bucks a seven-win team. If they win, they clinch the division. They guarantee themselves eight wins. I guess you know. Um, again, the the division that nobody wants to win, but somebody ultimately has to. Carolina comes into this thing with six wins. Obviously, still very alive. In this division, they also come into the game with the rest advantage. Having played on Saturday, they got a little bit of extra rest. They've performed rather well this year as betting underdogs. I actually like the upset here. I have no faith. My amount of faith in the Tampa Bay Bucks is virtually nothing. I don't think this is a good football team. I don't think any team in that division is a good football team. And the Bucks are obviously light years behind where they were a couple of years ago light years behind so i just i don't have faith i don't really have faith in the quarterback if i'm being perfectly honest yes he's he's engineered some very fancy game-winning drives and that's great and maybe he has turned a professional corner whereas we're getting closer to the playoff games hey look all of a sudden bang there's tom brady again but they got to get there first, and I don't know. I just I feel something about this Panthers team, uh, especially on the road this year, especially as betting underdogs. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers to win this game outright. I like Carolina in Tampa Bay to upset the Bucks and keep those waters as muddy as possible in the NFC South. 
So obviously the Bucks, where they're laying minus three here against the spread, I like Carolina to win. So I definitely like the Panthers plus the three points. And I like that so much that Carolina plus three, actually my bronze pick against the spread this week. I feel real confident about that. I liked it more when it was three and a half. It was three and a half. I think even earlier this morning, it was still three and a half on a lot of books. If you can get it at three and a half, that's great. I still like it plus three because I'm taking them to win the game outright. Total in the game set at 39 and a half points. Pretty good number. I'm going to lean under on this one because neither one of these offenses are crazy impressive. Let's go 20 to 17 Carolina. Panthers win. Panthers cover, obviously, as the underdogs. And give me the under on those points. Andrew, Tom Brady may be back with my Patriots this offseason. So I'm, gonna, I'm only going to take a second with this. I understand that that's a very clickbaity social media story that I get why that's gotten the traffic that it has. You just drafted Mac Jones in the first round and you've got Bailey Zappi behind him. Not saying that those quarterbacks are better than Tom Brady. But their combined ages is barely Tom Brady. So, I mean, like, I, to me, that doesn't make sense. To me, it makes more sense that Brady goes somewhere else. But, I mean, if they want to trade Mac Jones, or maybe even trade Bailey Zappi if you think you can, if they want to turn around, if, they're, if they don't have faith in Mac Jones and they want to move on from Mac Jones then I would kind of understand it. If they're not willing to move either of those quarterbacks, I just don't see it happening. But it's a fun story to follow along in the offseason. Let's go to Washington now where the Cleveland Browns are in town. Cleveland uh, facing the Washington Commanders, the other team in the NFC who's fighting for what will ultimately wind up being that last NFC wildcard spot. The Browns are outside of the playoff picture. They are done. Uh, not really streaking one way or the other, just kind of playing some mediocre football just like kind of mid on the offensive side mid on the defensive side not really a lot to talk about with the browns with washington they're a seven win team they were in the driver's seat for a wild card spot uh, as recently as a couple of weeks ago now all of a sudden they've lost two games in a row and it's a competition now at the bottom part of the nfc playoff picture I believe Washington like only has to lose one of the next two games to potentially let somebody else get that last wild card spot. Like this is the one this is the one that as a Packers fan, like I feel like we can't afford for Washington to win this game. Now luckily, I think they're actually playing a team that's got not a whole heck of a lot to lose and eventually Baker Mayfield has got to figure, or not Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Andrew's in the chat talking about Baker Mayfield, it confused me. Deshaun Watson is not a bad football player. Deshaun Watson's actually a very good football player. And eventually, he's going to remember, oh crap, I used to be really good at this. Let's go back to doing that again. And we're going to have one of these, like, 
Deshaun Watson breakout games, which we really haven't seen yet since he came back. And I'm not going to sit here and defend Deshaun Watson, but nobody can sit here and say he was a bad football player because he's not. Like he at, at a time he was looked at as like a top five quarterback. So he's a very good, very talented football player who hasn't shown it yet. I just get this itchy feeling that one of these last couple of games here, he's going to show that. And I kind of get the feeling it happens this week. It, it just so happens that they happen to be playing a team that I, my team desperately needs to lose. But again, I don't think Washington has looked overly impressive in their last two losses. Granted, tough competition last week, but two weeks ago, like they were at home to the Giants and lost by eight in a low-scoring game. I don't think the offense looks great. I don't think the defense looks great. So I just, I just don't really like it for them this year. And I'm going to grab the Cleveland Browns here in a very moderate upset. I'm going to grab the Browns on the road in Washington to beat the commanders on the line. Washington is laying a modest minus 1.5 here as a home favorite. Obviously, since I'm taking them to lose the game, I'll take the plus 1.5 on the Browns against the spread. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I think it stays under. And look, the score I'm going to give you is more of a blowout score than people like you're going to, you're going to see it. You're going to hear it. And you're going to think like, that's a blowout. I think this game is close until very late. I really do. This could be like a stat padding thing at the end of the game for Deshaun, what have you. I think this game is like 20 to set, uh, where are we? 27 to 10. Like again, again, that sounds like a blowout because it's two possessions, more than two possessions. But I do genuinely think this is a low scoring tight game until very, very late in the game. But I'm still going to go 27 to 10. I'm going to take Cleveland to win, take the Browns plus the point and a half and give me the under on the points. Now, remember how we talked earlier about how the Jacksonville Jaguars now all of a sudden have the inside track to winning the AFC South? Well, look at the matchup that they get, the juiciest of juicy matchups in week 17. They get the Houston Texans. Now, the game is in Houston. Obviously, this is a division matchup, so it's not, we're not talking about an absolute, uh, an absolute layup here, but you couldn't handpick a better opponent to have in the second last week of the season when you're potentially trying to win a division that you didn't think you were going to have a chance to win, let's say, a month ago. So the Jags, winners of three straight games, seven wins on the season, and the Jags have the extra, extra rest. The Jags played all the way back on Thursday against the Jets. So the Jags have been resting. They didn't have to go through those Saturday games uh, over Christmas. They played on Thursday. They were Dunskies. They have a lot of rest. Uh, so that is a significant advantage here. Now, Houston did play on Saturday. So they do have a day of extra rest than they would normally have. So they do have a bit of extra rest. But the Jags still have the rest advantage in this matchup. They're definitely the better team. Winners of three straight games. 
they are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, which is not uh, not exactly the ideal situation here. And yes, as Chad points out, I did pick the Jets to win last week. That notwithstanding, um, look, Jacksonville still, again, in the driver's seat to win this division. I don't think they thought they'd be in this spot. It's one of those situations that I don't think Doug Peterson is going to allow to slip through their fingers. Again, couldn't handpick a better opponent. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to get their fourth straight win. This one coming on the road in Houston against the Texans. And Jacksonville over Houston is going to be my bronze pick straight up this week. Jacksonville over Houston, my bronze pick straight up. Now, what I am going to do here is I am going to do something not the smartest, I guess, against the spread. The margin here is only four and a half points. Houston's a four and a half point dog at home, which is Vegas trying to tell us that Jacksonville is a seven and a half point better team than Houston because the game's in, in Houston. So does that pass the smell test? Sort of like Jacksonville's definitely a better team and I'm not going to make the argument that Houston should be the favorites in this game, but I don't know. There's something about four and a half. This feels like a three and a half line. So at four and a half, it's just a little, it's just a little spicy for my liking. Not that I think Houston's going to win the game because picking Houston to win two weeks in a row not the greatest, uh, not the most successful strategy for making picks this season. However, I just don't really want to lay those four and a half points on Jacksonville. Just feels like too many. I feel like this is a closer football game than that. I'm going to take the plus four and a half on the hometown Texans. That does insulate me against a potential upset. If it did happen, at least I'd grab it against the spread. So I'm going to hedge my bets here. Again, not a great hedge, but Houston does have some rest. They're not, you know, it's not like they're on a short week or anything. So I'm going to take the plus four and a half in this one. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. Once again, I think this is a pretty darn perfect total. I'm just going to have this sneak over a little bit because, again, I think both of these defenses are susceptible and I think both of these offenses are going to score their points. So let's take the over here marginally. We're going to go 24-21 in favor of the Jags. Maybe it comes down to a last second field goal or something like that to get the win. We're going to go 24-21, barely over on the points, take Jacksonville straight up, but give me the plus four and a half on Houston. And I will concede, yes, Andrew, you did tell us about Jacksonville since training camp and week one. I will definitely concede that. Or maybe Houston wants to give the first round pick to Chicago. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we've got six games left on the docket here, just over an hour into the stream. So we are going to go to Las Vegas, where the Raiders are going to play host to the San Francisco 49ers, unquestionably one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in football right now. Winners of eight 
straight games. Definitely the hottest team in the NFC. Uh, they've clinched their division. They've uh, obviously clinched the playoff spot as well. The Raiders, a six-win team that are still mathematically alive in the AFC playoff picture. They need a million and one things to go right for them, but they are still technically alive, mathematically alive. You're technically correct, the best kind of correct. Uh, so they can still mathematically make the playoffs. They're definitely not going to, but they mathematically can still get there. Uh, the Raiders, I liked their chances here a little bit better before I heard about the injury to uh, Denzel Perriman. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, shut down for the season. I haven't seen that one way or the other, but Parham has been one of their better defensive players all season long. He is injured. He will not be playing this week, certainly. And that's a big loss for them on the defensive side. Like you, you have to beat this Niners team by keeping their offense in check. That's the only way. If you let this team get into the 20s, chances are they're probably going to beat you. Um, without one of your best defensive players, I would be exceedingly surprised if that were the case. Definitely on the Niners here one more time. Let's take San Francisco on the road in Las Vegas to beat the Raiders and send them packing in the AFC playoff picture. Now against the spread, the Raiders are taking plus six. And again, another line that I was kind of mm, humming and hawing about before I heard about the Denzel Perriman injury. But uh, since that is the case, I think we're going to have to go ahead and lay the minus six here on San Francisco. You're not going to get the Niners under a touchdown all the time. They've been a very good against the spread team this year. So let's go ahead and lay that minus six. And San Francisco minus six is going to be my gold pick against the spread this week. San Francisco minus six points. Total in the game here is 44 and a half. I do think it climbs over. I don't trust that Raiders defense against a good offense, which is what the Niners have, obviously. So over 44 and a half points here in San Francisco, Las Vegas is what I like. Let's go 28 to 20 in favor of the Niners. Niners win. Niners cover. Give me a slight over on the points. Uh, Andrew reiterating there that Doug Peterson gets coach of the year. I think that's probably a pretty good bet. Uh, Martin and Andrew both uh, concurring that the Raiders are on life support and need either someone to pull the plug or Dr. Frankenstein. One of the two. Here's a matchup of two teams that I almost have no idea what to do with either of them. The New York Jets on the road in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. This is a battle of two seven-win teams who are both still mathematically alive in the playoffs, but neither one of them, it's like Arizona and Atlanta, like neither one of them wants to win. Like the Jets have lost four straight games. The Seahawks have lost three. The Jets will come into this game with the rest advantage, having played all the way back on Thursday. But Seattle did play on Saturday, so they will at least be a little extra rested there as well. So when you look at it, it's, again, it's two teams who combined have lost the last seven times they've hit a football field, but they're both still 
mathematically alive. Keebs makes a great point here. Geno Smith going up against his old team. The Jets have a lot of situations like that where they have uh, quarterbacks, uh, former quarterbacks of theirs uh, going up against them. It seems to happen fairly frequently. And in the next year or two, probably going to happen with Zach Wilson again. The reason that I'm going to lean the Jets in this matchup is not only um, because like they were, again, Vegas doesn't even really know which way they want to go with this game because just yesterday, I think Seattle was a one point favorite. Now they're two and a half point dogs. Like it's all over the place, right? I think the one difference here for the Jets is going to be the return of Mike White. It looks like he's going to be the starter, and it looks like Zach Wilson is not even going to be active for this game, which means it's Mike White and Joe Flacco as the number one and number two quarterbacks. That was uh, that was just announced, I believe, a little bit earlier today. I think I saw that on Schefter's Twitter, that Mike White was going to be good to go, and Mike White upticks this Jets offense. It de- He definitely does, and Geno over the last few weeks has not looked like the same Geno Smith from earlier this season where he was putting up a ton of fantasy points. It was one of the, you know, like probably leading the way for, you know, one of the comeback players of the year, what have you. Doesn't look like the same guy to me. I think the Seattle Seahawks are a marginally better team. But with that quarterback change and with the uptick, that it actually brings to their offense. I'm going to go with the Jets here. I like New York on the road in Seattle to get the win over the Seahawks. New York beats Seattle. So obviously, since I like New York to win, they're laying two and a half points here as a road favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the minus two and a half, even though I totally get it if you're going the other direction on this, because this is a genuine coin flip game it really is this game could literally this is on the edge of a knife so either way you want to go with this game i totally get it the one thing that i do feel fairly strong about in this one is taking the under on the points it's a very beatable number at 42 and a half but i only think i think this is a race to 20 i think one team gets there i don't think the other one does so i like the under to hit in this matchup let's go under 42 and a half points in new york seattle let's go 20 to 16 in favor of the jets jets win jets cover and give me the under on the points four games left marquee matchup for this guy the minnesota vikings on the road in Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh, Late December, early January in Lambeau, you cannot beat it for atmosphere. And obviously, divisional matchup. These two teams, I think, probably in the opposite spaces to where we thought they would be to this point in the year. I think everybody thought at this point, Green Bay would have wrapped up the division and it would be Minnesota fighting for their playoff lives. It has obviously inverted where Minnesota has clinched the division and it's Green Bay kind of on life support for a playoff spot. However, Green Bay winners of three straight games, Minnesota winners of two straight games and will come into this game with the rest advantage having played on Saturday.
Andrew in the chat has immediately thrown down the gauntlet saying, if Green Bay beats Minnesota, I'll wear my I Love Breakfast t-shirt. Say no more. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I wasn't going to be a homer. I was actually genuinely going to take the Minnesota Vikings to end Green Bay's season. Maybe this blows my credibility completely. And if it does, so be it. Andrew wants to put the I Love Breakfast shirt on the line. I have to do it. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to get the win, keep the pressure on the Washington Commanders, who again, from earlier in the show, I have losing at home, getting upset by Cleveland. Keep that pressure on Washington. I got Green Bay getting to eight wins, leapfrogging the Commanders with one week left to go. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. This is all you, Andrew. This is my pick for you. Because you, you, you can't have the I Love Breakfast shirt come in between me and, uh, like, can't do it. When the I Love Breakfast shirt is on the line, you do whatever it takes to see it. So, let's take the Green Bay Packers. On the line, the Packers are actually laying three points in this game. And this is... One of those situations, too, where, look, uh, I think it was Chad talked about a little bit earlier, teams are going to start resting players. I don't think Minnesota is jonesing. Well, I mean, they want it, obviously. I don't know if they can. I think they're still mathematically alive for potentially getting the number one seed. But they've already won the division. They know they're probably going to be playing on Super Wild Card Weekend. This is one of those situations where you could conceivably see the Vikings potentially rest some players. I think that lays in a little bit to Green Bay being three-point favorites in this game. So I like Green Bay to win. I'm going to take that minus three on the Packers as well. Games at home in Lambeau. Obviously, they love playing in Lambeau. Let's go ahead and lay the three points. Total in the game set of 47 and a half points. I still think both of these teams are going to score their points. I think both of them get above 24 so let's go ahead and grab the over here, over 47 and a half points in Minnesota Green Bay. Let's go Packers 33, Vikings 27, an exciting quintessential NFC North matchup. Packers win, Packers cover, and give me the over. Uh, let's see a couple things in here before we move on. Martin Vikings wouldn't like to lose their spot to the 49ers. They could have helped the G men with a loss, but no. So here's the thing is like, we're two weeks out. You really can't start. You can start trying using like analytical models to kind of project playoff matchups. But at this point, it's kind of, it's, it's almost a fool's errand. Because it's going to change so much in the next two weeks. So whether, like, whether um, you are a team that gets the number two seed or the number four seed or the number three, you have no idea who you're going to be playing, especially in the NFC where it's so tight. So 
I don't think they're too, too worried about that right now. They know they're going to the dance. Their focus, you have to think, is going to be on two weeks' time. Chad says, Green Bay 40, Minnesota 7. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Three games left to talk about here. Let's go to the Battle of Los Angeles, which is the name of a terrible, terrible ripoff mockbuster movie made by the folks at the Asylum. The Los Angeles Rams on the road, on the road, quote unquote, against the Chargers in LA. The Rams obviously outside of the playoff picture. Uh, they're not even looking in. They've, they've, they were uninvited from the party weeks ago and have since left the premises. The Chargers make their way into the playoffs with that win last night against the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the Chargers are going to be coming in here on a short week, and I did briefly flirt with the idea of taking the Rams to win this game outright because, again, the Rams have no reason to want to lose football games anymore. They don't have their first-round pick, so it's not like they can improve their positioning on draft night. So the Rams, I think, desperately want to close out this season with wins. But without Aaron Donald... With, like, sure, they just put up 51 points, but it was against a completely inept Denver Broncos team. So, let's let's not look too deeply into that, I don't think. And, yes, the Chargers could conceivably be another one of those teams that could be resting players heading in. Like, would I be shocked if Justin Herbert didn't play this week? No. Would I be shocked if Justin Herbert or, like, Austin Eckler... Or Derwin James, even though a lot of people are yelling that he should be suspended. Would I be shocked if these players didn't play this week or next week, like one of those two games? Would I be shocked? Probably not. But I think the Chargers are probably looking more towards next week to resting players. They know they're not going to win the division. So they know they're going to be on the road. They know they're going to be playing next week. Like, rest everybody in week 18. But, like, week 17 feels a little bit early. But the door is certainly open that they could do something like that this week. So that's why I kind of briefly thought, oh, Rams, that's a good upset pick. But genuinely, Chargers are playing good football right now. They've won three straight. I think we're just going to stick with the better team here, and that is the LA Chargers. So let's go ahead and take the Chargers at home to beat the Rams. Uh, on the line, though, the Chargers are laying minus six and a half. That's too many points. Definitely too many points for the battle of, you know, the battle of LA and the potential of resting players. They don't need to blow a team out. They don't really need to win or lose. Really, like what happens is basically inconsequential for their future at this point. Six and a half is just too many for me to lay. So I'm going to go ahead and take the points here with the LA Rams. It also insulates me against a potential upset. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I don't expect a high scoring game here. I don't think this is going to be a very good football game, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. So I'm going to grab something like 17-14 for the Chargers. So I'm going to take the Chargers to win, but take the Rams to cover and give me a solid under on the points. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think resting players doesn't work personally. I think teams do that they lose motivation from that and lose in the playoffs it, it's a double-edged sword right like it you it really is a double-edged sword you it, you can use it to your advantage in a big way especially if you 
had a bye early in the season. Like if you're one of these teams that had a bye week in week five, six, seven, something like that, it's really to your advantage because you've been playing football for 10 to 12 straight weeks. So we definitely like in a case like that, I think it's worth it for the rest. Uh, in a case where like you just had your bye week in week 14, then it's one of those things where it's like, well, we just had a week off like three weeks ago. So it doesn't really make sense. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. You got to be careful how you use it. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Battle of LA was the name of a Rage Against the Machine album too. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Andrew says he thinks the Chargers could be a playoff sleeper. Uh, Andrew also says, I think the Rams will regret giving up that draft pick to Detroit. Keebs jumps in though and says they got their Super Bowl, worked out for both teams. Good trade. I think that's probably fairly accurate. All right, we're just under an hour 20 with two games left to go. Let's see if we can get them in under the hour 30 mark. The Pittsburgh Steelers, winners of two straight games on the road in Baltimore, taking on a Ravens team that has already, of course, clinched a playoff spot. And it seems more likely than not that we could see Lamar come back this week. This game has to mean something to both of these teams because technically Pittsburgh is still alive. Uh, Baltimore is still alive for the division. Like Cincinnati certainly hasn't clinched that division yet. Pittsburgh still trying to fight to get into the postseason. They're kind of on life support a little bit, but still mathematically alive. This matters uh, to both of these football teams. And obviously since it's a division matchup, they know each other very well, but where this falls for me is I don't know that Lamar is coming back and I don't know what Lamar is going to look like when he comes back. If Lamar had come back last week and played at least fairly well, and I knew he was healthy and I knew he was ready coming into this game, I'd be all over Baltimore in this one. I really would. Because I think top to bottom, they're a better football team. However, since I don't know that, and since if Lamar does come back, it's going to be his first game back against a division rival that's predicated on defense, predicated on a pass rush. He might be on a pitch count. He might not look great. I think I'm going to have to go ahead and grab the Steelers in this one. So... Uh, yeah, that that's a tough one. That's a very tough game. And obviously Vegas doesn't really know which way to go with it either because all Baltimore is favored by is the home field advantage of three points. I'm going to go ahead and grab the Steelers here to get the upset. Again, division game, anything can happen. Give me the Steelers on the road in Baltimore to upset the Ravens. So on the line, obviously, give me back, give me the plus three. On Pittsburgh, Keebs asks, asks Lamar back this week. I, they're kind of taking it day by day, but it seems like this would be a good week for him to come back. He comes back, plays this week. Maybe he only plays half the game in week 18 if it winds up being a meaningless game for them to then go and play on Super Wildcard Weekend. I think he has to play to some degree this week. But again, even if he does... 
what's he going to look like? Is he going to be limited? Is he going to be on a pitch count? What's the offense going to look like for the with Lamar back for the first time in weeks and weeks? So it just there's too much uncertainty for me around Baltimore. So I think we're going to go ahead and grab Pittsburgh and obviously give me the plus three on the Steelers. Total in this game set at 36. It's the lowest total of the week, and I still think it's going to go in that direction. So again, the upside of both of these offenses is not fantastic. I think defenses rule the day in this matchup. Let's go under 36 points, and as a matter of fact, Pittsburgh-Baltimore under 36 is my bronze pick on the totals this week. Under 36 points in Pittsburgh-Baltimore, my bronze pick. Let's go like 16-13 in favor of the Steelers. Last second field goal gets the job done for them. Pittsburgh wins, Pittsburgh covers, and give me the under on the points. And here we go, folks, the marquee matchup of week 17, the Buffalo Bills on the road in Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This has been, I believe, flexed into the, into this spot, I believe. I mean, this is again, preview of the AFC championship game. I don't think anybody would be surprised if this was the AFC title game, Buffalo winners of six straight Cincinnati winners of seven straight both of these teams on absolute fire right now both of them looking to keep momentum this is what we're looking for Buffalo has of course already clinched the playoff spot and the division Cincinnati has clinched a playoff spot they're fighting to clinch the division the Bills are coming into this one on the tail end of back-to-back road games I cannot wait for this football game Buffalo just played in uh, Chicago last week so obviously they didn't exactly have an iron sharpens iron situation there chicago is nowhere near competition for the buffalo bills meanwhile this game this game is huge competition obviously for both of these teams now you got cincinnati who last week were in new england week before that uh cincinnati was in tampa bay slightly better competition not off the charts competition obviously but i mean slightly better competition than chicago this is one of those games that i almost feel bad giving a pick for like this just feels like one of those games where it's like i just want to sit back and watch the great football game because that's exactly what this is going to be this is going to be one of the best games of the season and i cannot wait to watch it i'm gonna bite On the Cincinnati Bengals here, there's something so special about both of these teams. But man, Joe Burrow, when those lights are brightest, Joe Burrow seems to always come up with something special. And I think that's going to be the case here again. I love Josh Allen. I love the Buffalo Bills. They're going to go far in the postseason. I think Cincinnati catches them on this one. Let's take the Bengals at home in the very, very, very moderate upset 
Let's go Bengals over Buffalo. Once again, that whole tail end of back-to-back road games thing might be playing on me a little bit, but I'm going to bite on it. So like I mentioned, Cincinnati are moderate underdogs here at home. They're taking plus 1.5. Again, wouldn't be shocked if this was the AFC Championship game. I'll take the plus 1.5 on Cincinnati. Total in the game set at 49.5. Even though these are such dynamic offenses, this feels like it's going to be a very closely contested game. Two good coaches as well. I think I got to take the under on this and it's it's obviously not the biggest total of the week, but it's one of the biggest totals of the week. (sighs) This feels like a really good number. I'm going to lean under on it. Maybe psychologically because it starts with a four. I'm like, boom, it's high four under, but (sighs) I'm going to lean under on it. It's not a great play, but it's a lean. We're going to go under 49 and a half points in Buffalo, Cincinnati. Let's go 24-23. Cincinnati wins an incredible game. Cincinnati wins. Cincinnati covers. Give me just barely an under on the points. That's how we're going to go in the marquee game of the week. Pen. (laughs) come on man all right there you go folks those are my picks for week 17 in the nfl we're going to go over the platinum gold silver and bronze picks straight up against the spread and over under here with you one more time straight up i like kansas city over denver as my platinum pick gold pick dallas over tennessee silver pick detroit over chicago and bronze pick jacksonville over Houston. Against the spread, my platinum pick is the Philadelphia Eagles minus seven points. My gold pick, the San Francisco 49ers minus six points. My silver pick, the Tennessee Titans plus ten and a half. And my bronze pick, the Carolina Panthers plus three. And on the totals, my platinum pick, Detroit and Chicago over. That's over uh, 52 and a half. Denver, Kansas City, That's going to go under 44 and a half points. That's my gold pick. Silver pick, Indianapolis and the New York Giants under 39 and a half. And the bronze pick, Pittsburgh and Baltimore under 36. There you go, folks. Just in under the wire of an hour and a half. I want to thank everybody once again, as I have 17, 16 times in a row, now 17 times in a row. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out the show, to check out the picks, to contribute in the live chat. My regulars, as always, I appreciate every single one of you. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Fueled, as always, by the incredible folks at New... Uh, at Nerd... I was about to say New Year's. At Nerd Tease. Thank you again, Andrew. You, you got me a second time. And to Andrew's point, he said Happy New Year in the chat. And I do want to extend a happy, happy wishes for New Year for everybody that watches and listens to this show. And I will see you again in the final week of the regular season week number 18 where there will likely still be some playoff implications to be had we'll see you next week
Oh, there you go, folks. That was a marathon.